Yeah, eight hours ought to be fine. And good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, wherever you happen to be. And welcome to the long-lost return of the Groovy Podcast. I think we can call it season two. We had a break, and now we are... Yeah. That's a good idea. I like that. There you go. There you go. Uh, my name is Ken Cousin, podcasting from Marlboro, Connecticut, and I'm joined by the ever-popular... I'm Barov Sadogurski, broadcasting from uh, JFrog offices at Swamp Up in Sunnyvale, California. I see you got a frog in the background there. Wow. Yes. That's new. Uh, yeah. I kind of been there for half a, half a year, but we didn't we didn't have an episode for a very long time. So, yeah. Yeah, the place is actually starting to look like you look lived in, you know, like you've been there a little while. That's pretty good. I think uh let's see if you can have if you can see it. Um I have all my uh, it's another camera. That's all right. Let's see. Yeah, uh, no, I have all my badges from all the conferences now somewhere behind me. I don't I don't see it. Never mind. It's a lot of pages. That would be a lot. Yeah, I'll take your word for it. Yeah. Uh, speaking of which, uh, the next major thing coming up for me, I suppose, probably for you as well, uh, I've got a, a no-fluff event this weekend in Boston, but after that, I'm headed to Java 1. I assume you are as well? Of course. Of, of course. course. Java 1. What are you doing at Java 1? Uh, so, unfortunately, I didn't get any um, Groovy talks accepted, Groovy per se, but I will I will incorporate Groovy into one of my talks. We are going to do um, a pair talk with um, Victor Gamov about um, implementing voice interfaces on Amazon Alexa and uh, Google Home. And that's, of course, uh, inspired a lot by the job uh, um, Ryan does with, with Alexa in the Groovy community. Mm. Uh, and um, we still didn't decide who will do what, but whatever, whether I will do Alexa or Google Home, I will I will write my extensions, my skills, my actions in Groovy. So that will be my Groovy contribution to Java One. On top of that, I have a couple of uh, DevOps talks, and um, you talk about developer relations at the developer relations pre-conference on 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 Sunday. Oh wow! So you're going to be very busy when you're there. Uh, four talks. That's kind of. Uh, yeah, I have um, I have three myself. Again, none of them are Groovy based. I've got one on uh, Java concurrency, especially uh, things like completable future and stuff in Java eight. Um, I've got one on my modern Java recipes book that just came out in August. So it's uh, based on that. I've also got a, a book signing for that. Which nice. And then I've got one on design patterns in Java using lambdas and everything. And that, I got to be perfectly honest, that's basically based on uh, Mario Fusco, uh, his work. Uh, mm -hmm. Venkat has done talks on this sort of thing many times, but uh, Mario Fusco did a, a series of blog posts that were really, really good uh, about the Java 8 lambdas and method references and how all that stuff ties into design patterns. And I, I put in a proposal, and I, when I got accepted, and and his he didn't have one. I thought, gee, that's strange. So I sent him an email and said, you know, do you want to do one together or whatever? And he was like, no, 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 that's fine. I but I I told him I'm probably going to reference his work, and uh, you know, it's, it feels like half of what I do is I I feel I play the role of curator, you know, just like on the podcast where I'm not really doing things as original as as saying, hey, wait a minute, this is really interesting. You ought to be aware of this, that, and the other. Uh, as long as I feel like it, I guess it's okay as long as I give credit, you know. Um, I don't know if I mentioned, but whatever I do at Java One is actually Ryan's uh, Ryan's work. So we're on the same. <laughs> we 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 are here exactly the same. Yeah. So I I think we popular popularize um, others people work and and as you mentioned, it's fine as long as we give proper credit. Well, I hope to do that anyway. Um, now, speaking of the the Groovy world, I, I, like you, I don't have anything Groovy specifically at uh, Java 1. I will be looking to see if there's any Groovy-related talks and everything. I haven't really dug into it that much this year. But, of course, it's been a while since we've done a Groovy podcast, so we do have a fair number of news items to discuss. 
and uh, the biggest one is the first alpha release of the new age in Groovy, what is modestly called Groovy 2.6, but uh, but I think sh should actually be Groovy 3, and that's the a new uh, parrot parser and everything that comes with it. Yeah, that's that's amazing. I, I haven't had a chance to try it myself. I I tend to be very reluctant about adopting an alpha software or beta software. But I mean, according to what they've said in the release notes, it's got, I mean, in addition to the fact that it supports the Java 8 syntax for lambdas and method references, it also has the triple equals identity operator. It has try with resources, which I think I had forgotten. Groovy didn't even support until now. Yep. Uh, it's got the, the the controversial one, the Elvis assignment operator, you know, so it's question mark equals instead of question mark um, dot or, or the actual Elvis operator itself. Uh, it supports do while loops, which I always thought, thought was amusing, you know, as the one piece of Java syntax that was never supported by Groovy. And then that whole idea of a not in or not instance of operator and something called safe indexing. I've never used safe indexing. You familiar with that one at all? Yeah, so that's the idea of using the uh, null safe operator for uh, um, for actually for indexes. Mm, okay, yeah. something that we never had, right? It didn't work, and and now it works, and it's kind of completes the um, the null safety operator. But I no. think the 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 biggest the biggest news are the support for uh, for Java uh, for Java closures. Yeah, for right. Lambda, I, uh, Lambda expressions and method yes, references. For, absolutely. Exactly. This I mean, is the 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 one thing that kind of uh, gave a very bad name to Groovy since Java Java eight was out, and and kind of diverged Groovy syntax from Java syntax that was we uh, that we were so proud of the similarity. Yeah, it's always been a point of pride that you could take Java code and rename it .groovy, and chances are it would compile. And as uh, as you say, with the Lambda syntax and the method references and everything, Groovy had, of course, analogous things. You could always use a Groovy closure where Java expected a functional interface, you know, a, a Lambda expression, and that worked fine. But it will be very pleasant to have the, the basic syntax available again. Uh, I don't know that it really impacted people's work in any significant way. But again, it is, as you say, a point of pride that we have the, the closest integration with Java that's got very similar syntax. Uh, Daniel Sun, I assume it's pronounced Sun and not soon. I don't know for sure. But he's been working very hard on this stuff for quite some time. And, and that's a really good news that he's made so much progress on it. Absolutely, yes. I don't I know if they've changed plans for Groovy 3. I assume that when 2.6 comes out, the 3 will not be that far behind. But I, I don't know that, I, I, as with you, I assume that there wasn't going to be a 2.6. I thought they were going to go directly from 2.5 to 3.0. But it appears they've changed their mind on that. Yep. I agree. Well, um, so so we'll, okay. we'll see. I, I think that it's not been finalized whether it will be Groovy 3 or this one will be 2.6 and then Groovy 3 will be will be something else uh, but I, I I still think that's the most the, the most important changes in in Groovy since since Groovy 2 so it's a it's a big deal I I'm looking forward to it uh, of course since we've done a podcast uh, Groovy 2.5 came out as well at least as a beta and the latest stable version at this point is 2.4.12, I believe, uh, which is pretty much just bug fixes and updates. Um, I've been using that in, in classes I've been teaching and everything so far has been fine. I haven't tried the, the 2.5 or 2.6 versions at all yet. Mm -hmm. I do yep. look forward to them. Um, also in the ecosystem, uh, I've got Gradle to talk about and Grails to talk about. Um, Gradle, you know, I'm starting to feel funny about talking about Gradle on the Groovy podcast. Yeah. <laughs> because there's so little Groovy left, you know? Uh, I'm well, gonna... Groovy is still there, but nothing nothing happens with it, I would say, right? Well, it's it's certainly involved in the creation of the DSL, you know? Yeah. yeah. But most of the library, most of their underlying code is now Java, you know? And, of course, they've been pushing the Kotlin story for quite some time. The, the latest version of Kotlin, uh, rather, of, of Gradle, 4.2, uh, 
it has a lot of support for building native apps. It's got parallel task execution for native compilation and linking tasks by default, all kinds of really great stuff. But it also has in it the new Kotlin DSL. Uh, I think they're, they're at 0.11.1, and I, I get the feeling 1.0 is not far away. You know, it could be a matter of weeks, uh, if not months, but could be before the end of the year. They're on Gradle Kotlin DSL 1.0. Uh, yeah, this is what the, this is where they um, uh, where they target, and it looks like they are very dedicated on on, on this track. Um, one of the tweets that I saw er, um, earlier, once the release was announced, is that um, JetBrains themselves now converted all their uh, Gradle builds uh, to be a Kotlin DSL and not a Groovy DSL. Which of mm. course makes sense for them as well, yeah. and uh, yeah, yeah, looks like this is the direction, and I think we can definitely um, move a cradle to Kotlin podcast and rename <laughs> it with a K, I guess. Well, I suppose that was that was a fun ride for a couple of years, and uh, now it should be cradle. Well, I suppose that'll be Hadi Hariri and his Talking Kotlin podcast. They'll take over that stuff. I'll have to contact him about that. I mean, I still really like Gradle, and I still feel it is the, the, the debate between Gradle and Maven honestly should be over at this point. The performance <laughs> of Gradle is so far superior, especially with the build cache involved and the, the build scans they put together and task avoidance and things like that. I mean, they show legitimate statistics where Gradle is 10 to 100 times faster than than Maven in the vast majority of use cases. Uh, I think that anybody continuing to use Maven is uh, simply just doing it out of legacy code or out of habit. Um, it was funny. It came up on a no fluff uh, expert panel, you know, which I always like to think of as the pretend to be an expert panel, you know, where we get up there and try to act like we know more than we do. Uh, anyway, mm -hmm. one of the guys went up and said, "You know what? I just switched from Gradle back to to Maven because he didn't want as many options. You know, <laughs> he wanted it to be simpler." And immediately, somebody else made the comment under his breath, "Yeah, Stockholm syndrome, right there." <laughs> yeah, so uh, of course I agree with you, but just playing um, um, developer, developer advocate, devil advocate here for a minute. Uh -huh. um, there are certain circumstances in which the limitations of Maven and the, um, I would say, th this lock-in um, is is beneficial, right? Mm -hmm. So uh, we spoke about it a number of times, and I spoke about it with with Gradle um, guys as well. Uh, this argument um, pieces them off as 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 is expected, but um, not all the developers are as bright, as talented, as and as caring as uh, the developers in their uh, leading show of accounts like Netflix. Um, and um, another company which by their logo probably should sell fruits but they don't and uh, who else uh, LinkedIn etc there mm. are a lot of developers that just don't care about this build stuff they don't want to understand any DSLs they don't want any power or flexibility in this area all they want is um, you know just to do something quick and dirty and uh, the, the, those limitations of Maven that allow people to actually uh, lock in the developers to not ruin anything and just doing simple stuff like adding the um, uh, adding the dependencies safely is is um, I would say beneficial and uh, I think that the real um, uh, the real popularity of Gradle will come not from Kotlin DSL but from this you know legacy enterprise mode in which the only thing you will be able to do in your uh, Gradle build is add dependencies and, and maybe add plugins. I think that's that's certainly true. I, I certainly agree that you do get a bunch of people who usually have a title related to something like Buildmaster or whatever uh, that 
sometimes are dragged into that role and simply want something that's easy to maintain. They're not really interested in being developers and optimizing. I mean, as, as you say, at Netflix, when they do thousands of builds a day or even an hour sometimes, shaving a few microseconds off of each individual build adds up very quickly. But for the vast majority of use cases, that's more power and optimization than, than they often need. And yeah, I could see how they would often prefer a simpler solution. I think, of course, that's also partly why Gradle is favoring a Kotlin approach, because for people like that, the IDE support becomes very, very important. Whereas with really experienced developers, IDE support is a, a nice tool, but not really a reason to choose a build tool, which is a, you know, that's, that's a much richer domain to discuss. Yeah, I can see that. And it's never a bad thing to have more than one option, you know, to have some competition in the marketplace. But I will be happier when Gradle dominates that marketplace instead of being, you know, roughly even or, you know, whatever the actual market share is with Maven, you know. Uh, Maven has just never been a terribly pleasant system to work with on many levels. And it'll just be a much easier developer experience when that's not the first choice for most developers. And and that's that's very interesting because um, actually to 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 get this level of confidence with Maven and and to say okay I know exactly how it works I enjoy this um, closeness of the system I enjoy those limitations you actually need to understand it rather deeply and it defeats the whole purpose of you can start with Maven without, uh, you know, getting into details, because that's exactly the opposite. You have to understand very, very deeply the um, uh, the system before you can say, okay, it's predictable, it's limited, I know how it works, and I don't need anything else. Well, if you're going to go to that level, then Gradle makes a lot more sense, especially because the, the people at Gradle Inc., you know, are... Ex extremely clever developers and they're working very very hard and uh, the company seems to be doing well and they're pushing hard on their enterprise uh, Gradle enterprise product you know which will add in all kinds of extra capabilities and stuff so I think it's a it's got a very rosy future you know I mean things look very promising that way and uh, we'll be keeping tabs on it for the next you know however long we're we're doing this podcast I think yep. the yep. question in my mind is how much of it really ties into groovy anymore and that just seems to be relatively small uh, still it's not like they're not supporting it and it's not like there aren't literally tens of thousands of build files out there that have groovy in them uh, I would still recommend for a new developer if you're a, a developer at a company and they suddenly decide to adopt Gradle, and you have to choose whether to learn Groovy or whether to learn Kotlin, I would still say it was worth learning Groovy at this point. But that's my own opinion on that, and that may change in a year. Who knows? Yep, yep. That's um, that's interesting, and, and I think that uh, we, we see those uh, drivers for, for Groovy adoption kind of come and go. Mm. Right, it was uh, um, the the novelty of Gradle some time ago, which is um, not that hype anymore. And then uh, it was um, uh, it was Gradle that was a great uh, driver for adoption of Groovy. And I think those days um, is uh, it is Jenkins with uh, Jenkins the the pipelines which are all 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 Groovy all scripts of uh, uh, Groovy and we can see it from the questions on Stack Overflow. Uh, I'm sure you're following as myself and all our three listeners follow <laughs> Groovy Groovy questions on Stack Overflow and they definitely uh, you can see this shift from Grails to Gradle and now to uh, Jenkins uh, pipelines. Uh, and and this is why people learn Groovy those days, which is okay, as um, as long as uh, people do learn Groovy eventually. That's interesting. I I had noticed a lot of interest in Jenkins. That's been growing a lot over the years. It's kind of become the the, the tool of choice in the CI space. Uh, and, but I've seen a lot of questions related to Gradle. You know, I always get a question: Does it support Gradle? And of course, it does. I hadn't really thought of it as the driver for the adoption of Groovy. That if that's true, well, I mean, and I I don't dispute that it is. I just hadn't thought about it that way. Uh, we'll see how long that lasts, uh, whether that works as well. Uh, of course, that brings us to 
one area that is working very, very hard to increase the adoption of everything Groovy related, and that is the Grails team. Uh, they have really stepped up their game in terms of marketing, I think. You know, it's not just that they are making significant changes to Grails. You know, I think the latest release that came out this week, as a matter of fact, was 3.3.1. Uh, that's just a bug fix over 3.3. 3.3 included the, the latest GORM capability, 6.1, and this event bus abstraction for reactive libraries and testing improvement for JSON views and many other things as well. Um, so not only are they doing excellent work technically, this um, push with all the Gradle guides and, and they're making a big uh, marketing push for the G3 Summit, offering discount codes and everything. Jeff Brown has been giving uh, very inexpensive training classes online through OCI as well. Uh, mm -hmm. I really hope that this starts to really impact. I, I don't know right now what the impact is, but you can't fault the effort they're putting in. You know, they really do seem to be doing the right things as heavily as they can. Yep, yep. And and um, I think that it, it has to have impact um, considering the size of their team and uh, uh, considering all the effort they put into uh, into Grails in terms of stability, in terms of innovation, uh, and um, it's 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 amazing every time I I, I think about uh, the team on OCI that works on on Grails, I go back to this moment in time where you know uh, if you remember you remember uh, Pivotal got rid of the Grails team. And we were like, will ever someone will work on Grails full time again? And now they're a team of what, 12 people more? Uh, more. Uh, and, uh, keep growing and doing amazing job. And uh, that's everything is, of course, for, for, for the better. And um, look how that turned out. Yeah, I think they're probably up to 15 now. And, and I oh my God. hiring. Yeah, I mean, and they're they're working. Now, it's not a huge number. I mean, when, when I visited, uh, when I went to Great Conf in India, you know, of course, in um, in Delhi, then the, the To The New company had hundreds of developers, you know, and may, whole teams of people working on Grails applications. But to have the core team itself be, what, five times the number of developers that they had at Pivotal, you know? Exactly, exactly, yeah. exactly. I mean, it's, a, it's a good thing, and I'm glad that they are not uh, ignoring the marketing aspect of this. They are seem to be pushing pretty hard and doing their best. Um, we'll see how that plays out. You know, I, I do have a, a lot of hope for it. Uh, I hope to keep pushing it as well, you know, so that anybody who says, you know, we've decided to use Spring Boot instead of Grails will sometimes someday realize that, yeah, you're now on the path to Grails. You've already done the infrastructure work. Now let's make your life easier. You know. Yep. So um, by the way, oh, just, go ahead. Uh, going back to our um, Kotlin, uh, Kotlin, a, a Cradle versus Maven discussion, um, we missed up opportunity to uh, what kind of a build towards um, another great news on our list, and that's GMaven Plus release. Hmm. Right, so if you are <laughs> if you are upset with <laughs> um, with Gradle because of their departure of uh, Groovy, and you want to keep writing your build scripts in Groovy regardless on the underlying build tool. <laughs> I mean, if you're thinking of a Venn diagram of the people who listen to our podcast and the people who actually prefer to use Maven. I, I don't think that's a big number, you know. Uh, yeah, I did add in. There was a, a tweet about it that GMaven Plus 1.6 is now available. Uh, back in the day, long time ago, when I was originally writing Making Java Groovy, uh, I had a chapter on build tools, and I looked at GMaven. That's before GMaven Plus came out, as yep. well as uh, even the Ant task for Gradle, uh, for Groovy, rather. I mean, that's how old that was. Um, there were ways to work with Maven and Groovy. I have never tried GMaven Plus. Uh, I don't have a lot of plans to do it. Do you, have you ever tried anything like that? I guess that's more in your area. Uh, yeah, so I, I had the talk um, again many years ago, what probably will be like seven years ago now, about uh, the build tools um, uh, landscape. And um, I, I tried uh, both GMaven and GAnt back then. 
it was a very strange feeling um, obviously G Maven was a more pleasant to work with um, than than Maven but um, one of the uh, main uh, points of Gradle that it's not only about the XML that problems are elsewhere uh, is is obviously true. Um, the downsides of Maven are not only the extremely verbose XML that tools like GMaven try to uh, try to find, yeah, uh, try I, to fight. Right. So, I mean, it's nice to be able to work with Groovy, but you're still working with Maven, right? I, exactly. I totally yeah. Get that. Uh, yeah. But if anybody's interested, we did put the link in the show notes. You know, it is available there. And and um, I imagine that somebody will send us a message saying, wait a minute, you forgot about us. And that's perfectly fine. We'll mention you on the next one, I suppose. Uh, going back to the Grails one, though, one of the things I've been seeing a lot is they've been very good at, at producing these new guides. Uh, I just made a quick list of just the ones that have come out in the last few weeks. Uh, there was one today that I didn't add to the show notes that was about using dynamic finders. And, and that's pretty basic Grails. You know, that's been around since the beginning. But they've been spending a lot of time with the data sources with multi-tenancy. That was one of the, the big features out of 3.2, I think it was, and even push more with 3.3. Uh, personally, I haven't worked on a project where I had to worry about multiple different clients operating in the same database. But if you have, that's a neat feature. They had some people that were very excited about the, the GORM support for GraphQL, the ability to work with uh, graph databases, which of course are specifically helpful for, for example, social media applications, the friends of my friends kind of application. I've seen things like Neo4j used for that, but GraphQL support also being worked with GORM, that's a nice feature and they have a guide on that too. Uh, another guide that came out was the event driven mechanism as well. Again, I haven't spent a lot of time with events, but with the whole world, the whole development world seeming to favor reactive approaches these days, having anything event driven seems like a, a nice uh, mechanism to support so that you can react when things change in the database. That's, by the way, that's always one of the problems when people say they're going to reactive streams or RxJob or anything like that, is that all of the existing JDBC drivers are blocking. You know, there aren't any reactive database drivers for relational databases. The only reactive drivers around are for the NoSQL databases like Mongo or Cassandra or Redis or things like that. So I, I imagine, I wonder if this Grails event mechanism is a workaround, if you will, a way to work with relational databases, but having things event driven, it might be as a way to help performance. Um, of course, I'm talking about an area I don't know much about, so I could be completely wrong about that. Is that something you've looked at at all? Yeah, no, not exactly, but uh, you just mentioned about the blocking uh, uh, JDBC driver and I try to recall, I think there are some efforts going on to develop a non-blocking JDBC driver mm. that has nothing to do with um, with Groovy. It's it's a, it's a, a Java effort, but this is something that um, I think is coming. I think there is a there is a project dedicated to that in one of the GSRs. Uh, for, for for Java, so that's kind of a side note for that. For oh, all that's that. very important. I mean, it's an enabling technology, and uh, when the, as I say, there's a huge effort in the development world to go to reactive approaches, and if your remaining blocker is the JDBC driver, I'm not at all surprised that there's an effort to try to relax that restriction. Uh, that reminds me, of course, it's, as long as we're talking about Grails, you know, Spring 5 is scheduled to be released next week. And yes. the, the biggest change in Spring 5, of course, the one that's going to get all the publicity, is the adoption of reactive streams so that they yes. can use, you know, reactive mechanisms inside their web layer, the so-called web flux module. I expect that this will have a large impact on Grails 3.4, presumably, uh, unless they decide to wrap that into Grails 4.0. I'm not sure what the plans are for that. Uh, I also notice, of course, that in Spring 5, that's the first version of Spring that's going to require adoption of, of Java 8 as a minimum JDK level, which I, I guess it's about time for that. We'll see how well that, that plays out in the industry. 
Um, they have, um, I found it significant, of course, probably completely coincidental, that their big announcement after they release this, they're having a huge webinar where they demonstrate reactive springs and everything, and it's right in the middle of the Java One conference. Yes. Wow. Yeah. I imagine it's a coincidence, but who knows? Uh, we'll see. Um, I'm looking forward to that, frankly, and I'm looking forward to Grails then scaling up to adopt that. But I imagine that'll mean then Grails will have to mandate uh, Java 8 as a minimum. And I, I think that's the plan for Grails 3.4, but I don't know for sure. Uh, it's certainly the plan for 4.0, but it's probably for 3.4 as well. I think uh, if they are going to upgrade to Spring 5, they don't have much choice, do they? Right. Right, exactly. And again, it's a question of, you know, how big a, a discriminator will that be in the marketplace when you have to draw that line? I know the Gradle people, by the way, are also going to mandate Java 8, but that won't happen until Gradle uh, 5, I believe. Is that right? No, it might be 4. It might be 4.0. And I don't remember whether, I mean, right now they're on 3.4. Is that right? Just checking again. Yeah, no, four. They're on four dot two, so it's got to be five, right? Right. So it's got to be Gradle five that'll be the jump to Java eight, and uh, I'll I, I see the discussions going on. Of course, that leaves out another piece of news. As long as we're talking about Java for a moment, the other big thing that happened within the last week was the release of Java nine, right? Of course, yes. Have you, have you been involved in any of Java nine for JFrog or for any of your? Uh, Systems? Yeah, so we we tried uh, we tried Java nine back in the days where a uh, jigsaw were actually was was actually breaking things and expectedly it it broke a lot of things um, and and now we are um, trying it on on the release it looks much better there are some uh, the usual um, catch ups that need to happen like ASM for example that need to be released before uh, before everybody can upgrade but uh, but it looks um, it looks good it, it, they they in this delay that they introduced in acceptance of uh, um, jigsaw in which J they re uh, reverted couple of defaults to be more um, um, more backwards compatible, mm -hmm. and uh, I think more um, co conservative. It actually ha helped a lot. Well, um, the, the interesting thing to watch in Java nine will be what the adoption path is. You know, how many people are going to adopt and when. Uh, I my sense is is that a lot of people are going to take a wait and see about Java 9, you know, because this move, of course, they, they say there's plenty of new features in addition to JPMS, the, the platform module system. But, you know, but to be honest, no, there aren't. I mean, it's nice to have the, the native syntax for creating lists and maps, and it's nice to have uh, the, the added features to streams and, and, and optional and a few others. But honestly, if it isn't for the module system, why are you uh, why are you upgrading? And if you're building an app from scratch and you don't need a whole bunch of third-party libraries, the module system is very easy, right? It, it really is not complicated. And the JVM has been modularized, you know, the JDK, I should say. Exactly. And that's perfectly exactly. fine. Uh, the, exactly. the place where it gets difficult is when you have to work with a third-party library that has not been modularized, and then you're winding up swimming in that whole complex issue of what are they called unnamed modules and automatic modules and module path versus class path and if you put a jar on the class path is it still a module and you know it's just that's where all the chaos lies right is that your experience exactly. as well um, yeah yeah so that's exactly what um, what the, the the change that they introduced um, um, is so important because they kind of said, okay, you know what, guys, we, we did it for for the sake of modularizing, modularizing the, pro, the platform. It was very important and it was successfully achieved. And now if you don't want to uh, jump on this bandwagon with all the modularity it will it will work just fine without it and and that's that's the big deal and that's why i personally happy for the change that they made and for example it protected groovy from uh, a lot of unpleasant surprises like um discovering that uh, you cannot access private variables anymore uh, 
and of course that's the bread and butter of groovy development uh, so yeah yeah, so they, I mean, they changed the fundamental nature of public and private, as you say, because if it's a module that has a package that is exported, you can see it. And if it hasn't been exported, you can't. So public and private now is a subset of that. You also can't have the same package in more than one module, which it brings up issues that come to inside of internals of Groovy as well. But, you know, the Spring people seem to have adapted to it, and the Hibernate people say that they're ready for it as well. And those are two of the most used libraries in the Java world. I imagine Groovy will find their workarounds as well and ultimately fix that. I do hope to talk to some of those, some of the people like Cedric Champeau and stuff and see what the plans are uh, for all of that. I know Gradle already works with Java 9, but it's not so simple because you, in order to do any kind of optimization, you've got to check inside those modules and see what they require and what they need. There's some real in-depth stuff is where, where life gets ugly. And um, honestly, if I was a company trying to decide, I would wait six months to a year before I would adopt Java 9 so that all these issues can be worked out by all the third-party libraries. As, as usual, that's true for every major release of, of, of Java. I am, the same with Java 8. I so, am yeah. glad, however, that I, I did put a chapter in my book on some Java 9 recipes. Otherwise, I think everybody would have there thought my book was out of date as soon as it was released. But uh, I don't have anything earth-shattering in there, you know. Uh, probably hurting sales this way, but then again, that would be assuming that anybody's listening to this. And, you know, that's a very, again, it's a very small number. Uh, <laughs> Yep. Anything else about Grails, by the way? Again, I was mentioning a couple other the Grails guides. Uh, they've got a guide on how to use GORM with Rat Pack so that you don't have to use GORM with Grails. Uh, I still like the idea that Rat Pack is growing in adoption. I don't, again, have any figures on that yet, but my just overall anecdotal evidence is that it is becoming a uh, reasonably well-known alternative for RESTful web services, so that's good. And, and of course, their promises mechanism is it's the best I've seen of any of the asynchronous processing mechanisms. You know, the fact that they actually create the separate thread pool for blocking threads as opposed to non-blocking and they manage everything so they can handle it all well. Uh, our, your friend and mine, good old Dan Woods, has a whole chapter in the, the Learning Rat Pack book on how they handle all of that. It's very elegant. I expect that while that itself is good, those techniques will also be adopted for the other APIs, you know, Spring and et cetera. Uh, so at any rate, there is a, um, uh, a Grails guide on building Rat Pack with Gorm. There's a Grails guide on Grails promises. They've loaded multiple REST payloads in parallel, for example. They they built that on another one that used a REST API with Ursatz, that that mocking HTTP library. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. This is uh, this is great. I actually played with it, and and uh, both are are um, very well written libraries. Uh, both Erzats uh, and uh, HTTP uh, Builder NG. Right, which is, leads to our other major release here is that it looks like HTTP Builder NG actually went 1.0. Yeah, and so uh, I, that, those are great news because uh, we deserve a good HTTP Builder and Groovy. And um, HTTP, the original HTTP Builder, while kind of uh, pioneered the way of a Groovy DSL for HTTP Builder wasn't that great. So a new rewrite um, is, is, is wonderful and that's, that's really, really good. Yeah, we definitely want to congratulate them on actually going 1.0 and, and hope that people will give them a try. You know, and let us know your experiences, whatever they might be. So that's uh, there are many demos out there using HTTP Builder NG, next generation. There, uh, very good, appropriate. While we have a new Star Trek series as well, uh, we yes. have two new Star Trek series, don't we? Do you count the Orville as a Star Trek series? Yeah, the, I think that's that was the intention of the creators, right? They made every effort possible to to mimic as closely as possible so uh, of course they deserve uh, deserve a try no one said that they will be as good as but we'll, we'll watch and see i guess i i have found that orville show to be surprisingly watchable actually yep yeah mm -hmm. i'm okay with it and of course discovery just came out yesterday 
Uh, so I saw that episode, and but I'm I'm not willing to spend money for CBS All Access or anything <laughs> like that. So uh, we'll see how that plays out. Uh, one more release that came out. Uh, Code Narc went 1.0 also. So the static analysis tool for Groovy, Code Narc, that is very popular among some uh, developers. That one uh, should be mentioned. And then uh, GRU, G-R-U, the, the Groovy ACTB testing framework. That one's much earlier, but it's a, a nice little testing framework that uh, looks like based on a Groovy DSL. Uh, looks yep. pretty cool. And I don't have it in here, but I definitely need to mention um, Andres Almire deserves some congratulations because uh, Griffin turned nine years old in the last oh. couple of weeks. Yeah, yeah, it had its anniversary. And, and you and I, I'm sure, can remember it back when, before that was even a dream in somebody's eye, you know? Yeah, yeah. And uh, um, there are a slight chance that we will depart from Griffon as we are now departing from Gradle because uh, um, it supports apparently Kotlin now. So <laughs> I'm not sure about that. Yeah, well, you know, can't have everything. But uh, <laughs> what we can do to support those people is a good thing, you know, to support Griffin and to support Andre yeah. Salmire anyway is always a good, uh, good guy to support. Until um, they they go all the way Kotlin and then uh, it's for Hadi to to grab. Yeah, I mean I like you. I've been digging into Kotlin lately, and I still have very mixed feelings about it. I I like what I've seen, but it it still feels to me like it's it's groovy. Just you know with yes. Well, I actually have a I have a terrible phrase I use for it occasionally, and I really shouldn't say this publicly. Because uh, I'm going to get myself in trouble. Uh, you yeah, know no, me. but you know, no one, no one watches. So yeah, no one cares. Like, so yeah, yeah, I've been referring to it to friends as kind of groovy for cowards. You know, it's like, <laughs> if I'm afraid I'm ever going to get a null, or I'm afraid I'm ever going to not know the data type of something. I guess I'll go with Kotlin because that way I'll be safe. You know, because I'm so scared all the time. And like, <laughs> come on, you know, like talk to some, you know. I mean, okay, the JavaScript people are all dynamically typed, but JavaScript's a scary language to code in at all, right? I think we'd all agree exactly. with that. The yes. Python people, you know, they're, everything they do is dynamically typed, and they don't seem to worry too much about it. In fact, they have a phrase in the Python world. They all go, uh, we're all adults here. I mean, legitimately, they say that, you know, like, hey, it's stupid to do that, so don't do it, you know? Now, again, that's silly, but so be it. The closure people, closure, that everything there is dynamically typed, and they seem to be perfectly happy about it. But no, we're all so scared that we'll get a null pointer exception ever that we've got to enforce nullability at the compiler level. You know, we got to restrict everybody. We can't override. we got to we got to go to static binding and everything because, well, you know, what happens if we override, somebody overrides something and we didn't expect it? Well, that can't be good. It's like, come on, you know, relax, you know. But but then again, I have a groovy developer, and I love optional typing. I love having static types if I know what they are. And for the edge cases where it helps not to know, I like def, you know. But all right, your mileage may vary. Uh, still, uh, the more I look at it, I, I do have to admit it is a very good language, you know. I'm very impressive, and, and I think they are going to make a huge impact in the Android community. They are already making a big impact. They, they are, they are, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, 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 and I spoke with, uh, I spoke with JetBurn guys, and um, I cannot get into much details, but I think the, pers the, uh, the general direction where Google is taking them is uh, is breathtaking. I think that Google seriously bet on them to solve their problems with Oracle regarding Java. Interesting. Interesting. Uh, and and that's that's a very long shot, obviously, but uh, um, that's very um, uh, that's very well into the future. But if that's the case. I think they will. It's it's great for them, and they will have a lot of success there. Well, and I also have to say, I mean, they've done a very good job with the language. I mean, it really is well done, and it's very pleasant to work with. But again, a lot of what I like about it is the stuff they kind of inherited from Groovy and from other places. But if you're going to lose out mind share to something, it might as well be something where the people are very pleasant and the the technical abilities are very good and and the the community is a very easy one to work with i mean it's good i just 
I like the groovy. You know, part of what has depressed me lately, other than the fact that everything I care about in the world is under assault at the moment, you know, <laughs> other than that, you know, has been, you know, I, the best thing about the groovy ecosystem to me has always been the community. I have never met a group of people that are friendlier and easier to work with and more pleasant to deal with on everything. And if Groovy does not get the widespread adoption I think it deserves, I'm sad to see some of that go away just because the sheer number of developers will be smaller. You know, that fewer people will get the chance to work with such a great group of people. And that to me makes me sad, you know? And I don't think there's anything I can do about it other than what I'm doing now. I mean, I'm still trying to, to bring it up to as many people as possible and show it off. And I still encounter people over and over again that go, wow, I didn't know it could do that. I didn't know it could do that over and over, you know? Um, but, you know, it, it's, it's hard fighting this battle, especially when the world is trying to destroy itself in the same process, you know? A uh, couple yeah. other minor things, uh, minor, whatever. Uh, one is, of course, the G3 Summit. Uh, you'll be at the G3 Summit, right? No, I'm afraid it conflicts with um, Amazon reInvent. Really? I think so. Yeah, November 28th, December 1st is right. exactly... The G3 Summit, yeah. Yeah, I, no, I'm checking I don't know what it conflicts with. I'll definitely be there. I'm looking forward to that. Uh, most of the the top names that I know will be will be there. I think Graham Roche is going to be there. I think Paul King. I think uh, yes, yes, yeah. absolutely. By all means, all of them. Yeah, yeah. Um, reinvent is November 27 to December 1st. So okay. that's, that's okay. 100 percent overlap. Yeah, that's not a that's not a conference that I've needed to worry about much. Yeah, Venkat's going to be there. Josh Long, of course, from Spring. It's, uh, Zach Klein, Zachary Klein, uh, Sergio. Oh, good, Sergio Delamor will be there. Caballero, uh, Ryan, of course, Vanderbilt. Uh, oh, Dan's going to be there. Dan Wood's going to be there. I'm not. I'm not so sure. Okay, you see, that's 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 why another reason I'm not going. Yeah, there's the right downside, there. right? Ivan Lopez, yeah. well. Uh, I guess on balance it'll work out okay, you know. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, no, anyway, uh, we'll definitely try to have a a groovy podcast from the conference then. Yeah, no, but I I really hope that from now all the way to December we will have at least a couple of more. Oh yeah, yeah. Just mention <laughs> in general. Uh, one other thing I want to point out for those people who are interested, uh, our good friend uh, Skulk Kronyi, uh, excellent guy, excellent developer. He's giving an online class and learning Gradle plugin writing. So if you ever want to write a plugin for Gradle, of course, he's the author of a couple of LeanPub books on idiomatic Gradle. Uh, he's giving a, an online course September 28th and 29th. So that's the Thursday, Friday of this week, I believe. So we're getting in right on time okay. to mention that. So I've got a link in the show notes on that. And I think that's about everything. Did you have anything else you wanted to bring up? No, I think that's that's pretty much all, and uh, it, it's good to be back. It's good to kick off the se the second season. I think we should restart <laughs> the the episode numbers, or you know, do at least season two, episode one, and then in parentheses the total number. Well, you know, uh, next, next episode is 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 number fifty. So okay, so it nice will be season there, two. Right? Season two, episode two, and then in parentheses fifty as total. Yeah. Okay, All right. Uh, we'll work that out. Um, again, just uh, by way of of marketing, I have to mention my book, Making Java Groovy. Not yes, you do uh, that. Book, you do that. My new book is Modern Java Recipes. Okay, Modern Java Recipes. It is a book on. Uh, what to do with the streams and lambdas and method references. I've also got a chapter in there on the java.time you know, package, uh, as well as things on completable futures and, and others. Uh, that's available from all the normal places. Um, I got to say, just as an adventure, um, I did something which I tried last time and it was a disaster, but I tried it again. I went to my local Barnes & Noble. Okay, I've got one in mm -hmm. Glastonbury, Connecticut, you know, about half an hour away. And I, I told them I was a local author and I, I got them to bring in a copy. So they yep. ordered one copy and brought it in and I signed it and it's sitting on the shelf there. And 
I periodically <laughs> go in and visit it and say hi like it's an orphan or whatever. Uh, eventually, it will base it back to the company. But who knows? Maybe this time somebody will actually buy it, which would be very surprising, but but nice and pleasant. I mean, I don't know if anybody buys technical books through Barnes and Noble, you know, the physical bookstore. Uh, yeah, I don't know where. Yeah, why someone will do that? Well, definitely for your signatures, but then there are other places when they they can get it, like Java One, and yeah. and that's kind of. Let's talk a little bit about that because um, that will probably be where when we will record our next podcast. All right, uh, yeah, absolutely. That, right, Since there we'll are. Yeah, of course, and there are number of there are number of uh, groovy groovy talks. If you just search for groovy uh, in your session catalog for Java One, there are I see now nine uh, groovy talks. Not a lot about groovy itself. I don't know why uh, this year it's so dry and why the alternative languages track um, managers or or. Uh, track owners in the in the content uh, committee uh, kind of um, left us out for the drive but um, um, of course Guillaume will be there and uh, we'll we'll talk about how um, groovy 14 years of groovy uh, kind of influence other languages including Java but not only also Swift and Kotlin and what's not uh, dear coin of course will um, right. be there and will deliver a talk about a uh, groovy your groovy can foo that's a talk that he already did a couple of times and probably keeps um, keeps getting better um, a Spock talk by Ken Saip uh, which is also great and uh, our uh, our humble efforts to sneak a groovy into the places where they didn't expect it to come as well so right. a decent amount of groovy content maybe a little bit less than last years but we will uh, we will take what we have and uh, i guess we can record a very nice groovy podcast at least with uh, dirk and guillaume and ken um so yeah, expect uh, expect season two, episode two, and fifty in total. Java one, right? And then we'll be back on schedule again. Okay, well, it's great to see you again. Uh, nice talking to you. Hope everything works out well for you in the next couple weeks. And I'll see uh, you at Java one. Oh yes, absolutely. See you. Bye bye. Okay, bye bye.